Hey everybody, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I am Oren McIntyre. So we know that while the media is constantly screaming, the Democrats are constantly screaming, the left are constantly screaming about the sacred nature of our democracy, that has nothing to do with the actual inputs of the people. They have no interest in popular sovereignty. They have no interest in the actual votes, the people having any kind of voice in what their leaders will be doing. Instead, when they say our democracy, they mean the ability of our nihilistic, atheistic, uh, uh, theocratic oligarchy to go ahead and continue to rule the United States. They want to make sure that they're never going to lose control of that. They're terrified of Trump voters. You can say what you want about Trump, but they definitely hate the people who voted for Trump, and they want to make sure that they never have the ability to have their voice heard in the United States again. And so surprise, surprise, the media has once again come out with yet another way that it plans to go ahead and steal an election from Donald Trump should he actually go ahead and win the next vote. They already are putting the mechanisms in place they're already laying the groundwork, the ideological justification for them to go ahead and seize power from Donald Trump should he rightfully be elected again as president of the United States. Because one of the most important things we need to remember is that our country is a media-run state. The people are often taking, the people in charge rather, are often taking their cues from the narratives that are playing out in our media. So we always want to keep our ear to the ground, check out what is happening in the journalistic sphere, because that often transfers into the real world. Also want to go ahead and play a little bit of a rant from Joy Reid uh, that she went ahead and released yesterday. It's just as insane as you expect it would be, but I think it reveals something very telling about how our ruling class feels about the next generation of Americans. Before we dive into all that, guys, let's hear from one of today's sponsors. Hey guys, are you looking to escape clown world and find a more sane way of life? Ridge Runner Land in Kentucky is ready for you. There's no better time than today to move your family out of a blue state or city where crime, cost of living, and hostility towards morals, belief in God, and America is growing more unhinged every day. Ridge Runner picks pristine land in rural Appalachia with top-notch natural beauty, value, and location. Move to a Ridge Runner community and be surrounded by patriotic, ambitious Americans who've chosen to live in a setting where their children can run free, doors don't need to be locked, and natural beauty is abundant. If you have that pioneer spirit and you're ready to join Appalachia's rising future as you build yours, schedule a call today to learn more about Ridge Runner Properties. Whether you work from home, hunt, fish, homestead, are looking to run livestock, or just be in a community where you can have your way of life be prized, Ridge Runner is ready to help you find the ideal property. With small acre lots starting at just $35,000 all the way up to large 100-acre holler farms, well-priced under $400,000, Ridge Runner has options for everyone seeking a life piloted on the old ways in Kentucky. Visit RidgeRunnerUSA.com. That's www.RidgeRunnerUSA.com today. All right. So like I said, we're going to be taking a look at this piece from the Atlantic. I like to go ahead and keep my ear to the ground when we're looking at the media narrative, because like I said, you can often predict the future, what's going to happen in our political sphere by looking at the type of groundwork being laid. The journalist class isn't just writing these pieces for no reason. 
in many cases, they are churning, right? The journalist has to constantly produce content. That's one of their jobs is even when there's nothing going on or there's nothing in particular to say, to go out there and find something to say, stir up trouble, create something. But remember that inside every one of these pieces is the mind of the journalist, the kind of frame they want to set. They're not just saying this stuff to fill column inches, though sometimes they are, but they're also doing this to push an agenda. And so when we look at what journalists are saying, and even if it seems crazy, it seems out there, oh, this is, this is wild, this will never happen, we want to pay attention to what kind of ideas are kind of percolating in the journalistic sphere, because again, you can look at the process. You can a lot of political commentators they're looking at you know what what's what bills are being created, what what's happening in particular bureaucracy, and all those things matter. I'm not I'm not knocking any of that, but if you want to go to the root of where much of this begins, you can do so by going ahead and checking out what is actually being shared by the journalistic class, what they are trying to say about what plans they will be taking next. Let me fix that real quick. So about that. All right. So how democracy could disqualify Trump if the Supreme Court doesn't? Uh, by Russell Berman. Without a clear guidance from the court, House Democrats suggest that they might not certify a Trump win on January 6th. So as we've seen repeatedly, they're looking for any way they possibly can to make a Trump uh, win illegitimate. And they're pushing this on all possible fronts. They want to make sure that in every possible scenario where Trump would win, uh, that there is a, a clear uh, way that they, they could cast dispersions on the fact that he has secured a victory. They want to make sure that it's impossible for him to go ahead and take power should he have a legitimate win. They're, in, in every avenue possible, they're making sure that all wins are defined as illegitimate. And one of the main ways that they're doing this is, of course, through the attempt to uh, tag him on the 14th Amendment. Uh, that word insurrection that the media immediately attached as soon as January 6th occurred was not an accident. And it makes you wonder, uh, you know, all the other things around January 6th that were very shady, uh, how much of this was kind of staged from the beginning. But it was very clear, no matter how much you believe that the government or different agencies, different parts of the deep state might have been involved in massaging the events of January 6th, no matter how much you believe that, you don't have to believe any kind of conspiracy on that to understand that as soon as that was set in motion, as soon as these events occurred, they went ahead and decided that they wanted to code a very particular narrative into those events, that they wanted to go ahead and code the word insurrection into those events because in the 14th Amendment, it specifically says that anyone who has been convicted of insurrection cannot hold office, cannot lead in the United States. Of course, this is a post-Civil War amendment. The 13th, 14th, and 15th amendments are post-Civil War amendments. Uh, they, they were used to kind of kind of codify uh, the results of the uh, Civil War. And the 14th Amendment, of course, wanted to make sure that those who had directly been involved in leading the Confederacy could not just get reelected uh, and become you know, president of the United States or Speaker of the House, something significant. So they went ahead and put that into the 14th Amendment. And they, the left has always seen this as kind of their back door 
to defeat Donald Trump. So let's go ahead and read a little bit into this article and see uh, what kind of crazy machinations they're planning here. So near the end of the Supreme Court's oral arguments about whether Colorado could exclude former President Trump from the ballot as an insurrectionist, the attorney uh, representing voters from the state offered a warning to the justices when evoking the January 6th riot that had set the case in motion. Uh, By this point in the hearing, the justices had made it clear that they didn't like the idea of allowing a single state to kick Trump off of the presidential, uh, out of the presidential race, and they didn't appear comfortable with the court doing so either. Sensing that Trump would likely stay on the ballot, the attorney, Jason Murray, said that if the Trump, uh, if the Supreme Court didn't resolve the question of Trump's eligibility, it could come back with a vengeance. And after the election, when Congress meets once again to count and certify the votes of the Electoral College. So again, even when it was very clear, made very clear by the court that they did not want to basically have a legal procedure decide the election. The the court took enough fire when it came to Bush versus Gore. They don't want to put themselves in that situation again. We don't want to see every one of these uh, elections going to the Supreme Court to check their validity. That's something that will really throw the balance of power inside your theoretical constitutional republic into quite a bit of jeopardy. If every election is going uh, to the Supreme Court, if that's where all of this is decided, even before perhaps votes are cast, that's a very serious way to, to have people doubt the validity of your elections, and frankly, rightly so. If, if you can't get through one election cycle without the Supreme Court playing a critical role, and it did, of course, last time as well, when it came to whether or not a, a, a election is deemed legitimate, then you're probably going to have a pretty difficult time continuing to keep up the charade of any kind of democratic process. Now, of course, on top of this, we recognize that this is exactly the kind of thing that the Democrats were crying about when it came to the Republicans, saying that the Republicans were uh, involving themselves in the procedure, that they were looking for some kind of technicality, they were subverting democracy by doing so. And now we see that the Democrats, you know, they of course, they start out by trying to just get Trump stricken from the ballot. But if that is impossible, if it becomes clear that the Supreme Court is not going to be up for removing him from the ballot, they find another way. They want to put another roadblock in between Trump's uh, ability to take office and his election. And that is their ability to mess with the certification of votes after the Electoral College. Back to the piece here. Murray and other legal scholars say that absent clear guidance from the Supreme Court, a Trump win could lead to a constitutional crisis in Congress. Democrats would have to choose between confirming a winner many of them believe is ineligible and defying the will of the court, who uh, uh, the will of the voters who elected them. Their choice could be decisive a victory uh, uh, as their victory in a House special election in New York last week demonstrated Democrats have a serious chance of winning the majority in Congress in November, even if Trump recaptures the presidency on the same day. If that happens, they could have the vote, uh, the votes to prevent him from taking office. So, uh, legal scholars say, uh, you, you gotta love that. Experts say, legal scholars say, that absent clear guidance from the Supreme Court, a Trump win would lead to a constitutional crisis. In Congress, of course, it wouldn't unless that's exactly what the Democrats are trying to cause. Uh, it would not lead to a constitutional crisis at all. The court has spoke very clearly 
about the fact that places like Colorado should not be removing Trump from the ballot because they think he might be ineligible. If they don't want him removed from the ballot, then he's probably eligible. He probably There's probably no grounds from which to remove him. But they want to hold this caveat, right? They want to say, well, if, if Congress members believe, like deep in their conscience, then, uh, conscience that Trump is ineligible, like even if the Supreme Court has kind of hinted, unless they're very definitive about whether or not he is eligible, they could go ahead and make this decision to you know, not certify him, not have him actually become the president. As it says here, Democrats would have to choose between confirming a winner many of them believe is ineligible and defying the will of the voters who elected them. I mean, that would be uh, that would be a destruction of the entire electoral system. Obviously, if Trump is elected, if you see a win from Trump, especially even if it's just in the Electoral College, but especially if it's in the popular vote, and they go ahead and choose not to certify him because they feel like he's ineligible, which he absolutely is, that is actually a constitutional crisis. That is the direct creation of one. And that's something that the Democrats would be pretty comfortable with, it would seem, in many cases. In fact, it's something that the media is encouraging them to become comfortable with. Now, you'll see many times in this piece, and, and you'll see it in just a second, there will be Democrats that say this is dicey. But the purpose of this piece is to eventually go ahead and create that narrative justification to make Democratic voters, to make the people who read publications like The Atlantic, you want them to expect this behavior. And once you get them to expect this behavior, they'll demand this behavior from their elected representatives. Those people will feel compelled to act in this manner. Even if it's not the feeling of the overall American electorate, even if that would cause a constitutional crisis and drive things to a very dangerous place, they don't care because really they're listening to this very small echo chamber that is, again, driven by media narratives. And so by creating this groundwork, by laying this groundwork, you can put people in a mindset where this becomes not only a reasonable action, but a necessary action to defend our democracy from the democratically elected leader of the United States. In an interview, senior House Democrats would not commit to certifying a Trump win, saying that they would, only, they would do so only if the Supreme Court affirms his eligibility. But during oral, ar oral arguments, liberal and conservative justices alike seem to incline to dodge the question of his eligibility altogether and throw the decision to Congress. Now, again, the Supreme Court has to keep many of these decisions narrow. Uh, though it should be very clear what's going on. They don't want the Supreme Court to be making all of these decisions on a regular basis. Remember, we we act now as if our system is just automatically democratic, that that makes perfect sense. Of course, it's democratic. Every Everything is direct democracy or is a, is a transfer of uh, democracy onto then what representatives are selected. And that's the only thing that happens. But of course, that's not how the Constitution was actually set up. Our founders were very aware that democracy could be a very dangerous thing. And they put a number of hard breaks in between the decisions of the people and who actually ended up being in charge. And so you regularly see there are you know, there's protections like the Electoral College. But there's also the fact that, again, Congress and, and uh, has to go ahead and certify. There are all these different things that procedures that should normally be followed and in, in most instances will be followed. But there are these moments where 
decisions are made by elected officials. And that is supposed to be something that was built in on a regular basis. Now, when the Republicans tried to access that with Trump, that was called you know, treasonous. That was, that was a, a threat to our democracy. But the Democrats are making sure to go ahead and leave themselves this back door at, you know, just in case in every opportunity, there's always a possibility that we can go ahead and delegitimize Trump's presidency, Trump's election by going ahead and invoking all of these things that we found to be very dangerous. Now, to a little bit of Adam Schiff's credit here, I guess he speaks against that. He says that would be a colossal disaster. Representative Adam Schiff of California told me we already had one horrendous January 6th. We don't need another. The justices could conclude definitively that Trump is eligible to serve another term as president. The 14th Amendment bars people who have engaged in an insurrection or rebellion from holding office, but does not define those terms, which is so often the case when it comes to constitutional law. That's why things like impeachment are so fuzzy. You don't actually have any kind of legal standard for impeachment, and you don't actually have any kind of legal standard for insurrection or rebellion. These terms of art are not defined, and therefore there's a lot of leeway, a lot of play in the joints when it comes to how you're supposed to interact. Both of these things are actually supposed to be determined by Congress. They're not actually supposed to be adjudicated by courts in many scenarios, but that is obviously the question that's being placed on the court here by this article. Trump is, uh, has not been convicted of fomenting an insurrection, nor do any of his 91 indictment charges uh, indictments charge him with that particular crime. That's kind of huge. That's kind of a big deal. The fact that Trump, in, there's 91 indictments against this man. They've charged him with everything under the sun, everything you can imagine. The list of charges, the number of years he would serve if they were all actually kind of kind of put together concurrently would, would be insane. It, you know, he'd be in prison for like a thousand years. They've, they, they obviously are using every possible thing they can. The Democrats are deploying everything they can to defeat their opponents. Again, I got to give these people credit. They know what time it is. The Democrats know what's going on. They understand the threat that Trump poses. And again, it's not just Trump. It's not just the man Trump. It's the energy behind him. It's the movement behind him. It's what Trump, Trump, Trump stands for. When Trump said they're coming after you, they're not coming after me. They're coming after you. I'm just standing between you guys. That was the truest thing he had ever said. Again, Trump could be a failure. Trump could be a buffoon. Trump could be unworthy of the movement behind him. It does not matter because the Democrats understand the danger of the sentiment behind Trump, the American identity behind Trump, the idea that we should care about America first, that it should be our priority, that we are a nation with a history, with a tradition, with a real moral vision about who we should be as a people and that we should work in the interests of those people, not in the interests of any kind of random ideology, not any kind of abstract economic system, not in the interest of any kind of political party or global empire, but instead in the interest of the actual people who make this country what it is. That is a very dangerous thing, and they do not want it hanging out. And they are using everything they can to get rid of Trump. And they don't care. They don't care. They'll throw 91 indictments at this guy. They'll hit him with every bogus thing they can possibly imagine. Because at the end of the day, the important thing is victory. They understand that this country is in a scenario where the two sides have moral visions that are completely at odds. They cannot coexist. You cannot have a country where one side believes 
that you should go ahead and mutilate children, that the borders should be open no matter how many people illegal immigrants come in and kill, that it doesn't matter if Americans lose their job and if their currency is inflated to the point where they can't afford a house or to have a family, like we'll talk about in a second with Joy Reid. They don't care about any of that stuff. You can't coexist with a worldview like that. It cannot happen. It cannot happen. And the left knows this. They understand this. They understand that politics has become, and to some extent always is, friend and enemy. And they know who their enemies are. They know Trump is the enemy. They know the people who vote for Trump are the enemy. They want people who vote for Trump, Trump in jail. They want them poor. They want them broke. They want them depressed. They want them without housing, without jobs, without families. And they want the guy who is inspiring their political movement in jail. They are playing for keeps. They are playing real politics while we sit around and play debate club. And so they say, yeah, sure. Trump is hit with 91 separate in indictments and we're trying to put him in jail. Sure. But he hasn't actually been charged with having an insurrection or a rebellion. Why? Well, because he didn't do that stuff and they know those charges would never stick. They'd be completely bogus. So this whole exercise is garbage from the beginning. If you can't bring the basic charges against the guy, you obviously don't think they're real. If you can't charge him with the very things that are supposed to disqualify him with the 14th Amendment, you know you're just making up BS. You know it from the beginning. But they don't care because they will find anything, any technicality, any narrative justification. And say, so they say, yeah, sure, okay. So we hit it with 91 indictments and none of them are the things that actually invoke the 14th Amendment. But... Every House Democrat, along with 10 Republicans, voted to impeach Trump for indictment of insurrection, and significant majority of those lawmakers are still in Congress next year. Exactly. Impeachment is a term that has no actual legal specificity. It's a political action. There's no real uh, legal definition behind it. So you can make up whatever you want. Oh, we're impeaching Trump for having a clown nose. We don't, we, we don't like he's covered in Cheeto dust. We don't, we don't like his goofy comb over. You can, uh, we, we, uh, his, his, his uh, shoes are stupid, right? You can indict Trump for anything, which is why the insane debate in the GOP, well, can we indict Biden? Of course you can indict Biden. They made up charges for Trump. Of course you can indict Biden. Of course you can impeach Biden. Of course you can. Obviously you can. They made up all this stuff for Trump. Of course you can. There are legitimate reasons. Biden is actually facilitating an invasion of this country. People are getting murdered because of Joe Biden or, you know, whoever's running the country for Joe Biden. Joe Biden's a vegetable. But the oligarchy that runs this country, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, they're guilty of high crimes and misdemeanors because that's not really even defined in the Constitution. It's not defined for articles of impeachment. So yeah, we we indict Trump on, uh, or we we want to go ahead and impeach Trump on uh, insurrection. Sure, why not? Right? What does that even mean? Nothing. You certainly can't actually bring the charges in a real court of law, but you can bring it in an impeachment hearing because it's not a court of law and it has no there's there's no uh, actual definitions to these things. And that's the only thing they're holding on to. Is yeah, okay, well we can't charge him with it because it's not real. We would never hold up in a court of law, but in our fake 
proceeding, our fake impeachment proceeding, we can charge him with a ham sandwich. And so that's what we're going to do. And that's what we're going to use as our justification. So this is the plan, is we're going to hold on to this definition of uh, insurrection, and we're going to pretend like that qualifies us to go ahead and not certify this guy under the 14th Amendment. We'll go ahead and touch on the rest of this plan in just a second, guys. But before we do, I want to go ahead and tell you about your absolute moral duty to hire based people through new founding. Hey guys, I need to tell you about today's sponsor, New Founding Talent. Look, we all know that the job market is a disaster right now. Based people can't find good companies to work for and good companies can't find anybody to get the job done. The competency crisis is very, very real. So how do we get these two incredibly important groups together? We need organizations like New Founding. New Founding has created a network of high excellence professionals who are seeking to join grounded American businesses. These are individuals, often in elite organizations, who are ready for a team and a mission that supports their values instead of working against them. Aligned companies are already using this network to hire high-trust, exceptional individuals who can match the culture and mission of their teams. So if you're looking for better employees to build a better world, you need to go ahead and apply for access to the New Founding Talent Network at newfounding.com backslash talent. You'll get connected with candidates who will build your business. That's newfounding.com backslash talent. Check it out today. All right. So continuing with the Atlantic piece here, if the court deems Trump eligible, even a few of his most fervent Democrat critics told me that they would vote for certification. Should he win? I'm going to follow the law. Representative Swalwell said, I would not object out of, uh, out of protest of how the Supreme court comes down. It would uh, it would be doing uh, it would be doing what I didn't like about January six Republicans Schiff uh, who served on the committee that investigated Trump's role in the Capitol riot believes that the Supreme Court should rule that Trump is disqualified but if the court deems Trump eligible Schiff says that he wouldn't object to Trump's victory yeah so we're not going to completely go ahead and just do a full on coup I mean they are the, the, there is a plan here but like. Should should the Trump come out and or should the court come out and define this? We won't directly go ahead and defy them because that would <laughs> lead us to one of the the more hot conflicts. If that was if that was actually what Congress did, I don't think uh, at that point anyone is going to say that we have any level of validity left in the system. Uh, you see the same thing from Jim Clyburn here. What if the court declines to answer? I don't want to get into the uh, the cast hypothetical. Schiff told me nor did Representative Jim Clyburn of South Carolina, who served in the, as the party leader for two decades. I think it's an insur- uh, I think he's an insurrectionist, he said, uh, uh, and uh, a House Minority Leader, Hakeem Jeffries, who would uh, become Speaker of the Democrats, retook the House, did not respond to the questions sent. So again, they're keeping this open. If the, if the, if the court says specifically that he's eligible, then they're not going to go ahead and do this. But if there's any confusion, if there's any murkiness in that case, then they want to be able to go ahead and uh, they want to be able to go ahead and pose their will here. Again, back back to a little bit of wish casting from the from the author. author. Uh, the choice the Democrats would face if Trump won without a definitive ruling on his eligibility was almost too uh, too fraught for Representative Jamie Raskin of Maryland to contemplate. He told me that he didn't know how we'd vote in that scenario as we spoke uh, about what might happen. He recalled the brutality of January 6th. There was blood all over the Capitol. 
Uh, I mean, yeah, the the blood of Ashley Babbitt, the only person who was actually murdered that day, the the defenseless, unarmed Ashley Babbitt. The, her blood was certainly on the Capitol. Uh, that that was definitely there. Uh, 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 there there was blood all over the Capitol in the hypothetical you posit, Raskin, who served on January 6th committee with Schiff, told me. Theoretically, the House and Senate could act before the election by passing a law that defines the meaning of insurrectionists in the 14th Amendment and establish a process to determine whether a candidate is barred from holding a particular office, including the presidency. So we could go back, and now that we know there's a way we could box in our political opponent, we will just redefine what this means, right? That that would be the idea. But of course, as they point out here, uh, the bill would have to go through the Republican-controlled House, whose leaders have all endorsed, endorsed Trump's candidacy. So it's going to be very unlikely that you would get something like that to happen. So basically, you get the idea here, guys. If the court speaks specifically to Trump's eligibility, then there's probably nothing here. However, the media is preparing this narrative. They're pushing in these politicians' minds. They're setting in their audience minds this idea that if they don't get an explicit word from the Supreme Court, if the Supreme Court doesn't come out and say very particularly, hey, this is uh, Trump is eligible. If they don't come out and say that, then the Democrat members in Congress, should they win the House, could say, well, none of us feel in our heart of hearts. We've looked into our spirits. We've you know, we've stared into our souls. And we've decided that even though insurrection is not defined and there's actually no legal restriction here, and we haven't charged Trump with any of these crimes. Even though that's the case, we feel in our heart of hearts that he is an insurrectionist. And if we believe hard enough, that gives us the moral uh, you know, right to go ahead and disenfranchise all of America's voters and reject Trump as the president of the United States. Again, what's the likelihood of this happening? Well, there's a lot of steps here. We're kind of in can Bernie win territory? Uh, you know, here's how Bernie can still win territory. You know, the guy with the map spread out and going crazy. You know, the first, the Democrats have to win the House. Second, the court has to be unclear about Trump's eligibility. Third, you have to get enough Democrats on board with this idea. Uh, again, and we're assuming that Trump is even allowed to run at this point, that, that, Trump could, that Trump wins. It's a lot of scenarios. However, I think this matters. Even though this is one of those things that is going to be lodged back in the uh, in kind of the minds of people, it matters because they're setting this frame for a reason. It doesn't seem important now. It doesn't seem like a big deal now until the scenario unfolds. The left are crazy, but they're not stupid. The people writing these stories are creating a precedent, creating a narrative, so that should this eventuality come to pass, they can trigger this chain of events. That's what the story is there to do. That's what this is set up to do. It may not matter at all. None of this may happen. None of it may be relevant. But if it is relevant, all of these people have already been asked the questions. All of their readers have already had this set in motion. This narrative is already built. They've already been talking about the 14th Amendment for a long time and the ability to go ahead and bypass Trump's presidency. They couldn't get the Supreme Court to make him ineligible yet. They couldn't get him, uh, get him removed from the ballot. But they're still looking for every little advantage, every little way to go ahead and put this soft coup, or in this case, more of a hard coup, uh, in place if they need to. And so I just think, like I said, it's important to keep your ear to the ground with these things because these people will go ahead and do this 
if the opportunity arises. And that is a very dangerous place to be. Uh, I want to go ahead and share with you guys something else. Another piece of crazy from the Democrats this week, though this time it is from Joy Reid. Now, Joy Reid is obviously a wild-eyed, a bug-eyed, a crazy person. Uh, she says only the most insane things. The fact that she still has a job in American media kind of shows you how insane our political landscape is for all the times she's put her foot in the mouth and all the times she said uh, some of the most ridiculous things you can imagine. She continues to have uh, regular appearances on places like MSNBC, you know, shows, things like that. And so it's, it, you know, it's it still matters, even though she's kind of insane uh, or very insane. Uh, but the thing she says here, again, even though she's a crazy person, the thing she says here, uh, I think her craziness just allows her to say what the rest of the left is thinking, which matters when, when you know, they kind of let you know who they are. You should pay attention. You should believe them. And I think she's letting us know exactly who the Democrats are in this clip. The United States has a population of north of 327 million people. Why do we need more kids? I mean, your party, Senator Tuberville, is the one screaming that 10 million immigrants, which I don't even know that that number even makes any sense because it doesn't, um, have streamed into the country since. How does that number not make sense? Like you just look at the border uh, interactions. It's not that hard. And, and and again, you're assuming that the that the border interactions are even valid that the that the Democrats aren't lying about them. But I think the latest numbers were you know Joe Biden was on the track to to, to hit over eight million or is already eight million is is heading north of it. Uh, these aren't just like crazy numbers. These are the government's own numbers for the people that they are encountering at the border. And because we have an open border policy, pretty much no one is actually getting turned away. And again, with this, this is assuming that the Biden administration is telling the truth, and they're they're saying they're saying true things about it. But you have to love the the logic here. Oh, uh, why do you want to have kids when we have too many people in the country already? Too many people in the country. Well, how many people should be here? Oh, well, yeah, we might have 10 million people coming over the border, but uh, you know, don't pay any attention to that. Just stop having kids. Since Joe Biden has been president and you're claiming that that's too many people, that if more people come into the southern border, this is some sort of crisis because we, we've got too many people and we've gotten. It's not just too many people. People are dead. OK, <laughs> illegal immigrants enter this company, this country. They, though there's a there's a slip there for you that's kind of true. They treat this more as a company, more of an economic zone than an actual country. But people come into this country who have no business being here, and they'll just come in here and hang out and like make great food. Many of these people are coming from countries where violent gangs exist. They're involved in human trafficking. They're involved in horrendous crime. They come from criminal syndicates. They cross over the border here. We have no idea who they are. We have no idea about the, their past. We have no idea what they should, what they're planning to do here. And we have multiple people just in the last few weeks murdered by illegal immigrants, innocent college students murdered by illegal immigrants, children murdered by these people. People's heads caved in. Oh, who cares? They're just streaming in. Yeah, we care. They shouldn't be here. They should not be here. They should mean they should not be consuming the different services that taxpayers pay for. They should not be altering the culture and makeup of this country. And they should not be endangering the lives of the citizens of this country. You have every legitimate 
right to be angry, furious at people who are trying to destroy your country and treat it like some kind of meaningless economic zone. Joy Reid doesn't have to live with the consequences of her actions. I'm sure she's got a nice, safe apartment somewhere. But average people do. And people like Joy Reid don't care. They don't care how many people die. They don't care how many people are displaced. They don't care how many neighborhoods are changed. They don't care how many innocent people are sex trafficked. They don't care how many people die of fentanyl. They don't care about this country and its destruction. They do not care. And they are mocking you about it. No more space and we can't afford more people. But now you're saying we need more kids? Can you explain who's the we and what's the person? Sure. Americans, Joy. Americans. This is their country. It's not everybody's country. America is not an economic zone. It is not an open-air favela. It is not a bazaar where people just, just wander in and take whatever they like. America is a country. We have people who live here. They have the right to be safe. They have the right for the land of their ancestors to continue to be their land. They have a right to traditions of their people to continue. And they have the right to be safe and secure inside their own borders. They have the right to go ahead and hand the things that they earned and they worked for and they built off to their posterity, their children. That's the them here. They have a right to have families. And the people coming here illegally do not have that right. And your complete and utter disdain for the average person here who simply wants to be able to afford to have a family, wants to be able to have that family be safe, go to schools where, I don't know, everyone's speaking English, the same language, and learning it together, sharing the same culture, wanting to be involved in the same things, be a cohesive nation with a shared moral vision, a shared identity, and shared values. Your complete mockery of that is gross. It's insulting. The fact that these people run this country is insane. This is a direct endorsement of the Great Replacement. That's all it is. She's not going to call it that verbatim, but that's exactly what it is. Oh, stop having kids so we can cram more illegal immigrants into this country. You think the country's too full? We'll just stop having babies. I can get a few more people from across the border in here. What, what else do you call that? What else can it be? Stop having kids because I got to put another busload of illegal immigrants into your town. What else is that but replacement? Stop having kids. Stop having a country. Stop having a tradition. Stop having a people. Stop it now. I got to import other people who don't belong here, who cross in illegally. I got to get them in here. I got to bust them in here. I got to fly them in here. And then I got to take your tax money and pay for them. What else is it? This is a direct endorsement of a great replacement funded by the American taxpayer. That's exactly what she's saying. What else could it mean? Purpose? You're also a senator from the state of Alabama. God help the people there. Are you saying the state of Alabama needs more kids? Why does the state of Alabama need more kids? More kids for what? Jury doesn't understand the purpose of children. Joy Reid doesn't understand how civilizations work because, I mean, look at Joy Reid. What does she understand? She understands 
how to parrot whether idiotic progressive talking points are handed to her. She can't form a cohesive thought. She can barely make a sentence. There's a reason she's been kicked off even many of these progressive networks. But somehow she still finds her way back and over, over and over again. She doesn't understand the purpose of children. Yeah, sorry. Some people don't just care about today. Some people care about the future. Some people care about leaving a legacy. Some people aren't just rootless, cosmopolitan, hedonistic bug men. Some people actually want to see themselves reflected in the next generation. They want to hand off the things that they've built and know that it matters. That's the purpose of children. That's the purpose. Because you care about something beyond yourself. That's the purpose. But for Joy Reid, well, I mean, Americans shouldn't exist. America is an evil and racist place, especially places like Alabama, probably full of some of those white evangelical Trump voters that you know she hates so much. So they shouldn't be having kids. we got to get rid of them. We're just going to bring in some more immigrants. We'll call it the great uh, uh, resettlement. <laughs> well, that, that's the plan. We, we can't have any of those people in Alabama having children. So uh, we'll, just, we'll just go ahead and uh, make sure that they can't. That's the, that seems to be the plan. There was a time when the state of Alabama absolutely needed more kids because, you know, Alabama was a slave state. And the mandate of the planter class in Alabama was for black women to produce more kids because those kids were property. Amazing. It's slavery, you see. The only reason you could want to have kids, the only reason that you could find kids valuable is because you're racist. And because remember, at some point, slavery. That's literally it. That's the only thing her brain is capable of doing. At some point, slavery, therefore, you're bad. That's it. That's, that's, that's the entire line of reasoning. Nothing else. Nothing else available to her. And they could work more kids and make more money on their plantations. Are you saying the state of Alabama needs more kids because you think that those populations will include people who are maybe destitute and desperate enough if you kick out the immigrants like a lot of y'all want to do and you could make them do the work that the migrants are doing now? Okay, this is amazing. This is an amazing moment. I love this so much. So she makes it clear that uh, white people are evil, because of course, and that they were evil because of slavery, of course. And so the, the, the terrible thing about slaves is that they were forced to work all of these jobs, all of these harvesting jobs, all the planter classes needed them to work these jobs. Now, her, her argument against having children is that currently immigrants do these jobs. So in her own argument, under her own basic logic, she's saying that immigrants are being treated like slaves. She is endorsing a slave class explicitly. Like she's saying, we need these immigrants to be here. We got to bring illegal immigrants in to do the jobs that slaves used to do. Because if we don't have immigrants doing the jobs that slaves used to do, you might have your kids do them instead, which again is an amazing thing. What? We can't, we can't have kids be farmers. You can't, have you can't have kids grow up to be farmers. So instead, we have to import slaves. I mean, immigrants. That's what we're calling them today. Immigrants. Now, I'm going to call you a racist because at some point in the past, there used to be slaves. But I'm going to explicitly endorse using this immigrant class as slaves. And if you have any interest in not having them come in and do slave labor, then obviously the only thing you could be trying to do 
is get, I guess, poor white people to be slaves to, 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 to act as farmers. Okay. So maybe, maybe some people would want to be farmers. Maybe if we didn't have all this incredibly cheap labor, the wages of people who work these jobs would go up and then more people in Alabama would have those jobs and would have better paying jobs. No, no, that, that's not the case because Joey Reed is for the same thing that Bernie Sanders used to call a Koch brothers scheme. Bernie Sanders, before the Democratic Party completely owned his soul, used to say that open borders was a Koch brothers scheme designed to bring down wages. And Joy Reid is like, no, I'm on board with that because I care deeply about the working class, which is why I'm importing a slave class of people to drive down their wages. No, because that kind of sounds slavery-ish. Slavery-ish. Yeah. Is the state of Alabama the we? And is, is, is that the why? I mean, you're also a white guy. Are you saying the we is white folks need more kids? Oh, oh, no. White people could have babies. And if white people have babies, there might be more of them. So she's kind of explicitly, again, arguing that white people having babies is bad and that you need to make sure that white people don't have babies. That That's a problem for her. And the best way to do that, the best, best reason to stop that, make sure that white people don't have babies and import more illegal immigrants. Man, this sounds familiar. Is this like a great replacement thing where you're concerned that there's not enough white people in the population versus the growth of the Latino population, the black population, the Asian American population? And so the we is white people? This is an amazing piece of gaslighting. She's explicitly saying that's a problem. She's explicitly saying she doesn't want more white children. She's explicitly saying that she want, that, that that is something that you should not be interested in. And then she's like, oh, are you worried about that? You mean the thing you just you just argued against am i worried about the thing you literally just said a little yeah because you're insane and evil so yes i am a bit worried about the fact that you are explicitly saying we should stop having kids so we can import more illegal immigrants into the country and that actually the purpose of those illegal immigrants is to make sure to do these jobs that i have qualified as slavish a little slaveryish. Yeah, I'm a little concerned about that. That that does sound pretty concerning, actually. So yeah, Joy Reid, you know, she's uh, she's as intelligent as you think she is, uh, but she does say important things because I think pretty much everything Joy Reid said there is pretty much exactly what the Democrats believe. She's just too dumb to hide what she's trying to say. She thinks she's being clever. She thinks she's making an argument, but she's just kind of explicitly saying what the left actually believes. Yes. We do think that it's evil for white people to have babies. Yes, we do think that we should have illegal immigrants instead of people who are already here having children. Yes, we are interested in using those illegal immigrants as a slave class to go ahead and drive down the labor costs and reduce the ability of people who are already here to have an income and afford having more children. Yes, we are interested in all of that. And if you notice that we're saying that out loud, ooh, are you are you talking about the great replacement? You mean you mean the thing you're actually just describing verbatim? Again, just amazing. Uh, very, very stupid, but very important to hear these people because when when they say exactly what they believe, you you should just listen to what what they're saying. There's 
You don't have to. None of this needs to be conspiracy theory, guys. None of this needs to be crazy. They're they're just saying it out loud, explicitly, and laughing about it, mocking people about it all the time. All right, let's go to the questions of the people real quick, guys. Cooper Weirdo says, "No, Oren, the cathedral wants Trump in power, even though they're going uh, hard on him bec uh, bec uh, to become best friends later. It's how they put the woke away. Believe me, dang it." Uh, you know, Creeper Weirdo, I appreciate your dedication and your support of the show. I do feel a little bad. Uh, academic agent is losing this very soundly. Yes, the fact that yet again, Democrats are creating a, a, another coup narrative so that they can go ahead and find another backdoor way to stop Trump from becoming president does seem to put the lie to the idea that the woke is being put away because they secretly want Trump in charge. But... Don't let the evidence get in the way. I understand. If I was in AA's position, I would keep denying it too. You got to keep the, you got to keep working the shoot, man. You got to, you got to, got to keep the promotion going. Uh, you know, he'll, he'll hand me the cigar, uh, you know, soon enough. And he's promised to come over uh, to the States to do so. So look for it. I've, I've met uh, AA a couple times in person. It would be great to go ahead and collect that car, uh, that cigar uh, in person uh, if he comes over to uh, my country. Uh, Winter EC says, uh, it might uh, it might be that the best thing for the right uh, for the right is uh, forcing the left into imprisoning Trump or refusing to certify the election, which would totally unveil their hypocrisy. Yeah, I mean, there is a sense in which obviously this is just the accelerationist thing, right? But again, this is not like something you choose. The left is going to do this because they're insane. It won't be because the right had any kind of machinations for this. I don't think you should be trying to encourage it or working towards it. However, if the left does this. This would accelerate things. Now, at this point, would that even change? I mean, what's America got left in it, you know, in the tank at this point? I don't really know. Uh, but obviously, at that point, if they're refusing to certify election or throwing Trump in jail, uh, obviously, like the all allusions to democracy should pretty much be over at that point. But at this point, it's kind of hard to, rec to realize how people are even holding on to it at this point. But I get it. You're right that that ultimately... Uh, there, there is still that delusion that this is a process that is occurring in the United States, and that would certainly end it. However, I don't think I would be wishing for that. But if the Democrats choose it, it would most certainly be uh, the the shattering of the last bit of delusion. Adam uh, Kenny says uh, we all remember being primed with the red uh, mirage. Yes, exa exactly. Good point. When the red mirage stories started showing up, a lot of people didn't pay a lot of attention to them. They didn't think about them. There was no action taken on the part of the Republicans, even though there actually should absolutely should have been uh, because uh, this is just some crazy you know, theory. But the Democrats knew because of the way they had specifically changed the voting laws that the ballots would look as if Trump won early on because he actually did. And then later on, once they had the ability to manipulate the process, once they could go ahead and uh, in, involve themselves in the shenanigans once all of the different laws they had passed and the different procedures they had passed went ahead and went into effect and changed the outcome of the election, it would shift and people would be pretty upset. So they went ahead and laid the groundwork with the idea of the red mirage to say, oh, well, you guys, uh, don't worry. That may look like Trump won, but actually uh, we know the whole time that it's going to be the Democrats that are going to win. And here's how that's going to work. And then when those, those things unfolded, that's the narrative they went down. And that's why I say we want to pay attention to these things. Even when they look crazy, we want to pay attention to these things because the things the media are saying become the narratives they embrace when the different uh, scenarios they were looking at actually unfold. Once that becomes 
the uh, the reality you're in, they go ahead and deploy those narratives. And so it's important to pay attention to them even when they look a little crazy because ultimately they are the way that the left go ahead, goes ahead and justifies the next step they're going to take. Creeper Weirdo says, just because the left is smug doesn't mean they're not smart. Yeah, again, they're true believers. They're crazy. They're, they're degenerating in uh, ways that should not be the case. There's a reason that the system is falling apart. However, there is still enough gas left in the tank for them to run, you know, kind of circles around the Republicans. And that's sad. That's that's how, you know, such a bad, the conservative movement, the Republicans are in such a bad shape that they can't fight back against, you know, uh, talentless hacks in the democratic party but that's kind of how far behind the eight ball you are they're smart enough to still be able to defeat uh the, the left in their propaganda game and that is important uh, glow in the dark says the ultimate left-wing argument how does this affect you why are you worried about what other people do yes this is always the uh the distraction right this is always the argument they throw out there oh don't worry about it uh, how does this affect you why why are you suddenly interested in what someone else is doing until it ends up being exactly the thing that ends up hurting your society. It's always the way that they kind of try to chide people until they can enact their plans. Uh, Creeper Weirdo says, we call that the great enrichment, Oren. Yes, that's that's probably a good catchphrase, the great enrichment. Uh, Glow in the Dark here again says, they seem to want other people instead of Americans. Strange how the government for Americans don't care about them. A dereliction of duty, kids equal future generations. That's exactly right. And this is because our ruling class has deracinated itself so much. It no longer sees itself as part of America. It doesn't see America as one people, one culture, one identity. Instead, they see themselves as the heads of a global empire. And America is just a staging area for global techno capital, as my buddy David Distributus used to say. It's, a, it's just a tax farm uh, for what, what's going to be deployed across the world. Uh, the only way to defeat that is to shrink things back down to America. That's why... America needs to become a nation again. It needs to stop being an empire. It needs to come home and understand who it is as a people. That means ending my immigration for a long time until we can figure out who we are as a people and what our moral vision will be going forward. Uh, and we're just not going to do that as long as we're fighting a bunch of foreign wars and our borders are wide open. Uh, Glow in the dark, read, uh, read kids equal illegal immigrant replacement. Yeah, that's instead of having kids, you just bring in a new population. And again, our leaders are doing this because they don't like the current population for a lot of reasons. But one of them is that the current population is connected to a tradition, to uh, institutions, to an identity that is more than the current thing. And they want to be able to program Americans at every opportunity. They want to be able to go ahead and say, this is what's important, this is what matters, you should focus on this, support us to this. Because when you have a democracy, you have, the best way to stay in power as a ruling class is to control what the voters think. And voters that can think about their homeland and their people who have been there for many generations and the connection they have to their land and the, to their church and to all the other things that make their society what they are, they're not just going to follow the new thing every time. But new people who are entirely dependent on uh, the the current regime who got their citizenship because of the current regime who got into the country because of the current regime who are receiving their health care and their their Medicaid and their uh, so you know all of their stuff from the current regime they're going to be tied and dependent on the government and they're going to be programmable in a way that people who have lived here are not and that's why they want to go ahead and make that switch. Cooper Weirdo says, uh, "Look, here's the thing. I only go after AA's narrative because it seems more like he's hooked on into an idea." Rather than looking at the best available evidence, he's smart, but he's simply wrong here. 
I would agree. Uh, as always, of course, uh, I have a lot of respect for uh, academic agent. Uh, he he is an intelligent guy. We agree on like 90% of political theory and how politics works. Uh, I just think at the end of the day, AA is too much of a materialist. He's too, he, he has found uh, Machiavellian politics. He's found political realism to be a powerful tool that, de that dissolves most of the BS in politics. And he's right about that. But because he himself is not a spiritual person, because he's not a true believer, he doesn't understand something that I do, that some that most of society are actually believers. And that while uh, you can use the universal acid, uh, the, the, you know, the kind of the solvent of political realism to break through a lot of garbage, uh, if you apply it too much, you'll also break down the things that make a society what it is, would make a people what it is, that actually makes the world what it is. And I think he's gone a little too far. He's he's gone he's gone too deep into this. He's found this tool too useful, and that has uh, actually hurt his analysis at the very end. Though I think the vast majority of the time, his insights are correct. All right, guys. Well, we're going going to go ahead and wrap this up. I want to thank everybody once again for coming by. If it's your first time on this channel, make sure that you go ahead and subscribe to the channel. Make sure that you go ahead and click the bell uh, notifications, all that stuff, so you can catch these streams when they go live. And of course, if you'd like to get these broadcasts as podcasts, make sure that you subscribe to the Oren McIntyre show on your favorite podcast platforms. When you do, give it a rating or review. It really helps with the algorithm magic. Also, friend of the show, Jay Burden, he's got his own great show, but you've seen him multiple times here. Uh, he's got an article up on The Blaze. You should go check that out. Make sure to support it when our friends are getting uh, you know big platforms. That's always a big deal. Go ahead, swing by, give it a read, give it a comment let people know that you appreciate seeing guys like Jay Burden given a chance and have that big stage. All right, guys, thank you once again for watching. And as always, I'll talk to you next time.